Hello and welcome to Shoot the Shoe, the podcast where I interview men because I want men to talk. Today I'm joined by Harry Perks. Uh, this is episode two. Harry, welcome. How are you doing? Hi, Lewis. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, yeah, uh, not too bad at the minute, mate. Uh, life's good. And it's, uh, you know, appreciate yeah. you inviting me on. Uh, I think it's a really good thing and it's an important topic. I personally am a massive advocate for it, so I'm excited to have a chat. Excellent. It's uh, it's episode two, and I've already got an international guest. So <laughs> you could say that this podcast this podcast is going places. Um, that's not a green screen. Um, <laughs> for those watching and wondering. Um, so yeah, Harry, just uh, tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, and uh, one of the questions that I've been asking is uh, sort of what what makes what makes you a man. But it's 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 essentially intro yourself. Uh, okay, yeah, so um, my name's Harry. I've known Lewis since I was probably, what, 16? Probably about 16 when we first, maybe maybe a little bit earlier than that, we were in different sides of the uh, school year. However, we started properly hanging out from about 16 years old onwards. Um, I, I'm in the Navy. I've been in the Navy for the last 10 years. I've just taken a posting out in Italy, so I'm in Naples at the minute for the next three years. Um and what makes me a man? Tough question. Um, for me, being a man is sort of projecting an image of strength and uh, loyalty and consistency. You know, I think as a man, we're, hey, that's what we're supposed to be, in my opinion. Um, and it is... One, about projecting that, and two, living up to that. Um, so for me, that's what I feel like to be a man is. Okay, cool. Um, I've just lost your video, Harry, but don't worry, it's it's still all, re- it's still all recording in case okay. you see yourself looking really fuzzy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've still got you. Um, amazing. So... The uh, the Navy um, talked to us a little bit about why what how you sort of went into that route. What the sort of uh, idea? Uh, why the Navy. What, what so uh, I field? did I did my GCSEs obviously with you. Um, didn't do particularly great, but didn't do particularly awful. Had enough to go to sixth form college, which again went to college with you. Uh, however, I had absolutely no idea what I was supposed to do with my life. Um, obviously there was sort of the pressure is right you do your college you go to uh, you go to university you get a degree then you get a job um, I soon realized academically and maturity wise I was nowhere near ready uh, to undertake taking my A-levels and then going on to do a degree and I soon realized that if I did go down that route I would probably scrape by with a couple of A-levels uh, and then get into a pretty rubbish university, do a degree, waste my time, waste my money, and not really come out with anything to show for it except a lot of debt. Um, so, and this is a true story. I just flipped a coin and tails. I would carry on doing my A levels and try get into university or heads. I would go down to the recruitment office and sign up for the navy, and it was heads. So the following weekend, I went to Manchester. Um, and I went, yeah, sorry, let's join the Navy. Okay. Uh, obviously, I still carried on with my A-levels, but I knew from that point that I was going to be going into the military. So it was the best decision I could have made. Um, 
just going through that initial basic training phase cliche but you did leave a board back a man I stood on the border I I was a change that point onwards you know I sort of just took on that um, that same sort of way you know a bit cocky a bit of confidence it's turned me into the person I am today obviously you go from being a you know a boy and then you get thrown straight onto a ship and it's a man's world at that point you are you're an adult it doesn't matter how old you are you're with people who've been in the job a lot longer than you and they expect something from you and they expect a degree of professionalism so it's a steep learning curve of going into a school environment straight into a working environment let alone it being on a warship doing important tasks other interesting things so you know um, I matured a lot my leadership improved my confidence my communicating skills um, so all of those things put together is now resulted in the person I am today, which I'm very grateful for. Amazing. So, obviously, it's quite a uh, institute in the sense that it's um, a little bit formal, as you said. There's a lot of, like, steep learning curves, sort of uh, expecting um, you to sort of achieve and expecting you to be um, essentially slot into this this machine of, of, of hierarchy mm. quite quite quickly um what what did what was that what was that transition like it's obviously there's obviously other pressures there's obviously this the life of just being a school kid and then all of a sudden just sort of flipping into that military i've never struggled with the um idea of a hierarchy and a chain of command um and i understood that straight away so it wasn't particularly difficult i know a lot of lads and i went Taking orders, following them. Uh, so for me personally, it wasn't <clears throat> that tough to undertake with society more than anything. Um, and then the longer you're in, the more responsibilities you get, and then you get put into positions of um, management, basically. You're, you know, you're then in charge of a watch, you're then in charge of a group of people, and you have to delegate and you manage them, and you have to understand the people that you're working with. Um, and I, 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 to be honest, I, yeah, I probably flourished in that. You know, I really enjoy that aspect of the job of working with people, working as a team. There's a, it's such a huge emphasis on team orientation within the military. We've got a set of core values called C Two Drill, which is commitment, courage, discipline, respect, integrity, leadership. You know, and those are the principles that you're supposed to model yourself on. And every day you are using some part of that, um, either if it's you're on tasking or if it's just organising a beach barbecue with the lads on your day off, something like that. It's all important. Amazing. So you, you've obviously been in the, the Navy for a, for a while now. Um, yeah. Coming up to... Um, I don't. Is it is it ten years this year or is it a little bit longer? Ten years in June it was. Ten years in June. So there's obviously um, a sort of a lifestyle that you sort of choose from that, and it's sort of 
puts you in a different position in sort of comparison to the rest of society. In regards to sort of yourself and your viewpoint on life, like how do you think that's affected your mental health from pretty obvious and pretty overpowering um, societal societal pressures? But obviously, you'll struggle to sort of tick the boxes. It soon became apparent that my life was never going to be the same as all my friends. I've ever known. Uh, I literally just got on a train. I went straight down to school. And um, I don't do a nine to five job. I don't go to work and come home every night. You know, I spend long periods of time away. Um, and that's, you know, at the very at the very start of it, that's exactly what you want to do. I want to travel the world, do things. And, don't join the Navy, you don't want to go to sea. So, you know, we spent a lot of time away from my friends and family. And, um, you know, that's great, you know, but then after the first four years, you know, I got a little bit older now and I then got promoted. And I spent a 18 month period where I was home all the time on my promotion course. So every weekend, pretty much, I was coming home. And you then start to realize how everyone else is sort of, um, progressing in their life and doing things that aren't possible for me in, to a degree. Um, everyone is sort of, you know, getting into proper relationships. You know, they're starting, you know, or they may already have been in a long-term relationship and they're starting to have kids or buy their first houses and stuff like that. And I'm sort of, I can't do that because I'm away all the time. And it's, as time goes on, the, the body clock that's inside us as people, and it's particular as a man. And I've just turned 30, and to be honest, I hear it ticking all the time. I feel there's an immense pressure on me. I've still not met the love of my life, still not married, still not got a you know, started a family yet. And I'm 30, and I'm out here for the next three years. Um, and in all honesty, that does terrify me a little bit because it's like I'm missing out. Time now, time is you know is of the essence, and it's running out for me, in my opinion. You know, but you do read a lot of things on the internet and saying, look, people are starting to have families later and later on in life, so there's some hope there. However, it still doesn't make it that easy um, for me. So that's something that I just have to deal with. Um, um, with mental health within the military, when I first joined, it was a sort of a taboo thing. You just didn't talk about. You know, you sort of, the attitude was buck up, buttercup and crack on with it. Um, and if you've got problems, then, all right, just go and have a pint. You know, let's go out and piss. Um, which is incredibly unhealthy and, um, and, you know, it's not productive. It's not going to solve the issue. Because you're just going to feel 10 times worse from it. Um, my personal struggles with mental health uh, probably started about four years ago after... I come out of a you know a bad end of a relationship right before I was due to deploy to the Falcons. Um, like three days before I deployed to the Falcons, I broke up you know, with my my girlfriend at the time, and I was then going down eight thousand miles away from all my support network, my friends, my family, onto a ship which had no internet. Um, in a position I'd never worked before, newly promoted, and the you know it was immense 
pressure and stress and what actually happened at that time was uh, for that entire six month tour, I burned myself out. I worked so hard um, to focus on something because if I didn't have something to focus on, I would have gone insane. Um, and I pride myself on not, we have a term in the military called going wibble. Wibble is when you just, you're down tools, you can't do it. You go to sick bay and say, look, I am not right in the head. I need to go and help. I, you know, I've sort of prided myself on never having to think I can't go man down because people are relying on me. The ship's company rely on me. The chain of command needs me in my particular job. So I never wanted ever to go wibble. So that six months I worked extremely hard, but then I abused my body. Um, I gained an immense amount of weight. I drank a lot. Um, I smoked a lot. And I had horrible exchanges back to the UK with the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend. Uh, which again didn't help and when I did come home from that trip just before Christmas 2018 um, I was a shell shell of a human shell of a man and I knew it and I couldn't bear to look at myself have a photo seen by people and I had this huge period of leave to take you know I'd accumulated so much leave so I spent eight weeks and I don't think I left the house probably at all for the eight weeks. I, I was pretty much confined within myself and I was eating more and I was drinking. And I remember going around to my mum's house um, for lunch one Sunday. And she just said to me, Harry, are you okay? And those words alone, I broke down in the kitchen. Um, I had to take myself outside for 10 minutes as I couldn't, couldn't stop crying. And I just hadn't talked to anybody. I hadn't been able to. Uh, I bottled up so much emotion, so much anger, so much stuff that just the simple question, are you okay, was enough to take the top off and it all just came out. And, you know, mum, straight away, God bless her, she had to say, look, Harry, you, I don't know who this person is at the minute. You're not your bubbly self. You're not, you're, you know, you're, you're absolutely terribly like you like life's getting you down as like mum because it is and I just thought that this this person that I was with I thought that was the person that was the one um, and unfortunately it wasn't and it's taken me a good four four years to really sort myself out so once I'd had that initial breakdown I then joined my next unit um, which was positive in some ways because I was always regular. Here on that ship was fantastic. So many friends, good agreement. I socialised more. I thought, right, okay, this is when you start again. The problem was due to um, workforce, manpower constraints. My my colleague who I would share my sort of job with went wibble you know, because he was having some issues at home and rightly so he was taken off his ship and for the remaining time on that ship I was the only person really able to do that job um, and again I worked myself to you know, not to death but I was it was it was killing me that job and in particular the the last six months of that job that ship I 
I suffered with sleep disorder. Um, in particular, I was getting anxiety, panic attacks, and night terrors. Um, to the point where just after Christmas last year, I actually threatened uh, my cabin mate. Um, in my sleep, I had no recollection of him. He told me in the morning this guy was my best mate on board, and I'd woken up and said, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, I had no idea I'd done it. So I then went and told the chain of command that immediately I was taken off the ship and given two weeks rest and, re uh, rest and relaxation, as well as my two weeks watch leave. So I got a four week point. Um, and speaking with a sleep professional um, and a private consultation as well, it was deemed that I was just overly stressed um, and I'd worked myself too hard and they were like what led to that situation I said well I felt like I couldn't take a step back because everyone relied on me and I didn't want to let people down and say so with my pride with my work my work ethic I just always put something ahead of me and towards the end of it it was having such a terrible effect on my health and my mental health that I just about managed to leave that ship staying. Obviously, the opportunity to come out to Naples for three years, it was a means of, I, I mostly took this job because it was a means for me to escape, to get away. And in all honesty, I need to rebuild myself. It's been a tough four years. Obviously, we... We shared. Uh, we we both attended a wedding in February. Um, you know, uh, one of our best friends, Joe, got married. And, you know, we were all men of honour, best men. And the run up to that to that wedding, you know, it should have been the most happiest and proudest of my life. Really. Able to be there for my best mate, to be with all you guys, and when the actual wedding came about, I was completely and utterly shattered and broken from the inside out and I had to wear a mask, I had to put on a brave face and project this thing of look I'm happy, it's great, life's good when in reality my life couldn't have been any worse at that moment in time and I, I can't look back at the photos from the wedding in all honesty Lewis because I can't stand to look at myself the way I look, the way I know I was feeling. That was probably the lowest point I've had ever. And it's an absolute shame because Joe is my best mate. I love him to bits. I can't look back on that fondly because I know how bad I felt. And obviously, shortly after that wedding was my 30th birthday in March. And I didn't do anything for it. I didn't celebrate it. I didn't see anybody. And I made up an excuse that it was, oh, I didn't really want to. The reality was I didn't. I just wanted to get away as fast as possible because I knew in two months after I was coming out here and I just had in my head that this person that you are at the minute, Harry, isn't you. And it's the worst possible version of yourself that you've ever made. Um, you need to get away as fast as possible. Fortunately, you know, I've never celebrated my 30th birthday. So I faced it and I... I feel bad. I wasn't able to tell you guys as my best mates how bad I was feeling um, when I feel like I should be able to do that. So this is all the good news is since I've come out to Italy, um, 
my life's getting back on track. Uh, a job which is stress free, more money, got healthier again. I want a health lifestyle, the nutrition lifestyle with the weather, the food that's out here. Doing great things for my soul. Um, things are on the up, which is good because what I want to do is the next time I come home, I want. I want to be a changed man. I don't want anybody to ever remember me as what I was for the last four years. I want them to always remember me now as what I'm now becoming. So that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of self-help, a lot of self-reflection, um, a lot of self-improvement to sort of be the best version of me because I've also made a conscious decision after this draft in Naples, I'm going to leave the nation. What's more important to me? And falling in love starting a family that those are my priorities and i just cannot do that whilst that's my story in all honesty mate it's quite long-winded uh, but we've all been through it all together and the one thing that i have you know, a prime example of men talking to other men last weekend i had a bad day on saturday just felt like there was a cloud over my head uh, the guy who lives above me in the flat this guy called Jim, the rank above me, however, he's also my neighbor. Said to me, We just go out, go down the beach, grab a coffee or something, just get out of my apartment. Um, about mood. And then later on in the day, we're having a coffee. I said to him, I just need to talk to somebody. But I need to talk man to man about what's bothering me. We had such a nice in-depth conversation with the We both agreed how important it is to break down that stigma, that wall. In particular, you know, we're both military men as well, and the fact that we were able to really have this sort of conversation. And I remember that you said, mate, that was exactly what I needed. And it turned my day around, so I appreciate it so much. I said to him at the end, he says, if you ever need to talk to anybody about anything, I like to think that the more exposure that men's mental health has had, you know, it's starting to you know, take effect. You know, I positively will always encourage all the people I work with and all the guys that I love and care for. That's it. So that's that's my story, mate. Amazing. So we've. Um... One of the one of the reasons I wanted to do this and just talk to just men in general and not anyone in any particular position or any particular uh, you know, a lot of these podcasts sort of focus on celebrity or that sort of thing. So it's always great to hear a story from someone close, and it's always good to hear a story from I guess someone who's real. I think there's a lot to sort of digest in that. Like I said, it was a, a little bit of a long one, so. There's a few points that I really want to really want to touch on. I think the first one for me is that pressure that you put on yourself. Was that was that a coping mechanism? Was that something that you just you just that's just the indoctrination of the navy? Is I, you just crack on? Like I think you just threw, a threw yourself me, in. Basically, I'm a hard worker. I'm passionate about the problem. So part of it's me, part of it is the name. They do not want to let the team, do not want to be the reason why something hasn't happened to you. 
do commit yourself wholeheartedly and to the point where I almost commit myself and completely forgot about everything else around me, like my life. You know, my focus, my thing was work. When I'm at work for my four weeks on a ship, there are no days off. I want call. I've got a job to do, and I that job to my best of my ability because I'm being paid and I'm in a position of authority. So it's my responsibility to do as well as I can. The problem was, is when I was my two weeks off because I didn't have an opposite number and an opposite colleague. I was still the point of contact, so I never had my downtime. It soon became apparent that in my two weeks off, the first three days of that would be depression time. When I couldn't talk to my parents, I couldn't talk to you guys, I wouldn't want to. And then the middle part of that leave, I have the responsibility of seeing people, seeing my mum, seeing my dad, seeing my nan, seeing you guys, try and see, you know, maybe have a night out. And then so that takes up a huge part of my leave. Then the last four days was me building up the barrier again, emotionally preparing myself to go away. So in reality, the two weeks off, maybe two or three days of that was actually me having some time. And doing that for three years, it takes a toll on you. I didn't quite realise that until the very end of self-reflection. Yeah, you. Um, and then another thing you touched on was that you you finally got some support from that. You. It, it was it was actually something that was um, an outside factor that sort of made you um, the, the navy sort of stepped in and said you need to I would take some downtime and speak to these people and then I, you said I think you said you've got some additional stuff as I well. I was so worried about going to the chain of command about it because it's a bit of a taboo subject having night terrors and people can be made. I didn't want to do because my job. Without it, but I had to outburst that I just couldn't stand by. And I said, So it'd always been a bit of a laughing joke. I'd always wake up, screaming, uh, never been violent or threatening to anybody. So I went to the commandant, to the executive officer, a guy called Ryan Green. And I'd served with him before. And I sat down in his cabin and I just laid it flat on the line and straight away he went, I deal with this then. Straight away. And that level of support, I believe I got that sort of, the level of support was because how hard I'd worked because I was such a valued member of the ship's company. And they wanted to help me out with this so much. And immediately I was on a telephone consultation with Sick Bates, speaking to the doctor there. As soon as we got alongside, I went straight off to sit back. Um, within half an hour, she got you. Absolutely rest. So she signed me off in four weeks. But no circumstances need to be contacted for work. The first time, probably in three years, that I'd had an uninterrupted period of being at home without having a phone call regarding work or something like that. So it was much needed. And my sleep did eventually. It's taken me about six months. Um, it's taken me about six months of my sleep to finally return back to normal. Because um, I've not really been troubled with them since I've been out here. Um, but the, 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 what's great now is there is so much um, within the military awareness for mental health. Um, and there are so many uh, outlets opportunities and possibilities uh, for you to seek help 
and it's extremely encouraged. We're so much more aware of it now to the point where the Navy's now set up a mental health uh, tiger team type of thing where it's a dedicated group of mental health nurses within the military and civilian who are on a, like a crisis hotline and they will mobilize wherever you are in the UK or wherever you are in the world and they will be there to support you and help you and help deal with whatever it is that's getting you down. And that's not something that's been available. Uh, that's only come into fruition probably within the last two or three years. You know? So before that, what did the guys and the girls have apart from their shipmates to talk to? Not more. So it's great that yeah. the Navy, the military in general, is embracing better health. No, it's, it's good to hear that that's uh, fine, well, finally in place. And I think, yes, there's obviously that huge camaraderie of, of shipmates, but there's always that uh, sort of ribbing element to it, and there's always that additional pressure of, of showing weakness, and you like you, you don't want to be the weak link in the in the no, chain, so correct. to speak. The boys' club, unfortunately, obviously the you know, the navy is getting a lot more diverse, a lot more. Environment where strength want to be the weak Show the chinks in your armor. That is a theory of weakness, and that's where if you banter, the people will target that. They change, you know, they, they be progressive. Let's get away from stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one. It's it's a conversation that I feel I'll have a lot. Is the the group of friends or the group of people that you spend the most time with? you might feel that you can't share with them because of that's where the banter comes from. And like, I think having a laugh and having a joke and bantering with, with friends is, is a great thing to do. I don't think we should ban banter, uh, but it's, um, there is, there's, you've got to pick and choose and you've got to pick and choose who you allow to, to banter with because it should really be closer friends that, and, and, there's there's a lot of um, things around that, but I think it's quite hard if we're unable to to talk as well. Like, you, you just don't do that. Like, chat on about anything else. That's fine. Um, but it, that sort of, like you say, it goes to that boys' club element of things, and it's it's very hard to be that bloke because before you know it, if you're if that's the thing that you, they see weakness in, it's uh, usually the one that. Gets the most chips I mean, and the most sort of where uh, attention. I'm very in, I'm, I'm a sensitive soul and I'm very, very good at communicating. Um, so I love to talk about how I feel. That I struggle to identify who I can talk to about because it's all well and good that I'm so willing to talk about it. But if the other person, they might not want to feel comfortable listening to that also letting guard down their guard um, and letting themselves expose their weaknesses and identify what they are um, as, as I said earlier on you know one of my biggest regrets was I was never I've, I've never told how bad I was that's that's a really interesting uh, angle that I've never really thought about that even if you're willing to talk, if that person's not willing to listen, that's 
that's actually a really nice uh, analogy. Um, not that no. they're not wanting to listen. It's just that they're almost the wrong person to talk to. Um, I like, I like, I like that. I think that's something that. Uh, I mean, I, biggest difficulty I've had with help my so work struggles is the only person, the only people who can understand it is the people I work. With. Uh, I my work environment, my work life, can't comprehend it. Even guys in the army and the RAF, and you know, their, their way of life is totally different to the way the Navy is. So I also felt like the only time I could talk, get off my chest about work, was talking to guys I work But going back to what I just said, it all depends on the type of person you talk to. You know, they've got to be willing to talk themselves um, I'm fortunate I've got a few people I can have that in-depth conversation with, you know, which has helped me massively because I'm that type of person who needs to talk to somebody when I feel bad. That's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good that you've you found that, that group of, of people, uh, whatever that looks like. It's actually something that uh, Matt said on the, on the previous podcast as well, like we sort of touched on it, that we talk when we're with each other, but because this conversation has literally been given the title, we're talking about mental health, we're a lot more open. Like you and I have, I think we've had maybe one conversation like this in the past when realistically there's probably Should have had a lot. Like you say, we've known each other for 15, 14 years. Yeah. Like that's, so it's the irony that it, it needs a label to have those conversations. Um, and that's something that I kind of hope that we can, we can work on as a as a group and as a as a gender as a as a whole. I think there's a lot of pressure. I think he 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 was just sort of saying that it's like when you say, "Oh, can we have a chat?" You almost set a tone to it before you even before you've even yeah. started. So it's it's quite a quite a bizarre one. And then obviously you've now you've moved away from from that element of the navy, and you said you've. This is a this is a big step for you, and it's sort of, I guess the 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 swan song for your for your um, career within the navy as well. You sort of said that and touched on that as like this is going to be the the last bit. So does that doesn't do that knowing that there's an end, or is it more the change? What was you, the biggest shift? Um, I know the the light at the end of the tunnel now. It gave me closure, and there's no grey area now. I know that. This is the end of my chapter in my life within the military. It's quite nice to that's it. I have no desire to take it further than that. Once I accepted that, everything became a lot simpler. It's not that I don't care about it anymore. I still give 100% to my job, but I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, I don't have to worry about the pressures of getting promoted again. Of doing this, doing that. It's like, no, this is my last job. I've got three years. Um, let's enjoy it. Um, it obviously moving out, it had its own challenges, you know, because I've come out here unaccompanied. I'm on my own in a foreign country. Um, and I live on my own. Um, I, again, I've got no support structure. My family aren't near me. You guys aren't near me. Um, and you do sometimes feel lonely. Um, and that was the reason why I was last week because I just felt a bit alone and I was missing that 
I was missing that connection with having somebody. And that, that's you know, going back to the pressures of finding the person you care about and falling in love with. I just woke up Saturday morning and I was like, I am really quite lonely at the minute. Not because I've got so many friends out here. I've got so many friends back home. It's just I haven't got that person that I can devote myself to and you know, be happy with. Because I was like, it was a weekend. And I was like, what am I doing with my weekend? You know, I wish I was going away to the Amalfi Coast with somebody I cared about and enjoying a nice weekend away. But I haven't got that at the minute. And that was what was getting me down. And I just needed to tell people and to, to talk about it. And as soon as I got off my chest, my attitude turned around. Um, and I was like, well, it'll happen. These things come. Yeah, I think um, I've obviously lived abroad myself, yeah, of course. and you you get days like that where you just like I'm I'm quite far away from everyone, even if it is um, Europe. It's still not round the corner. It's still quite a difficult uh, thing to get your head around. It's yeah, I, I've I've had. Similar things. Thankfully, I wasn't in. For me, it was very much a. I was very fresh faced when I went there. I wasn't. Um, there wasn't really yeah. any pressure on me externally. Yeah. I just was enjoying life. But yeah, you do get those days where it's like, I don't want to. So for me, I, I imagine quite similar for yourself. It was like that. You're the most logical people to speak to were the people that you were working with. And like, it was a bit like, well, it's my weekend and uh, I'm a bit done with like, what are we going to talk about on Monday? Like you can't have, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, we, we hung out together. It became quite a, almost a little bit culty almost, but yeah, you, um, you find things to do and, uh, hopefully you'll, like you say, you're doing, uh, yeah. exercise and stuff and hopefully you'll find some sort of a, other outlets well I joined the rugby out here I'm doing a lot more regular exercise eating healthy um, because why not I've got this opportunity and I'm rebuilding myself and small steps like that of just getting back into exercising regularly dramatically improves your your mood and then obviously what follows from that is you start losing your weight you're more confident in yourself you It just has so many positive effects. On it. So I would say that's been the biggest change recently, just getting back into physical and mental health. Yeah, definitely. I think w my question for that is what what did you see was it that made you do that, or was it like I just need to just start working on some other things, and hopefully that'll start working what well, the motivation for me was obviously my motivation for me was on the wedding in february on the wedding in february i hated the way i looked i've always struggled with my identity and like the way i look to other people i've always been very self-conscious um so one that needed to change uh two i'm out here now it's all beach weather you're always going down to the pool i want to feel confident i want to feel confident in my own skin um, if I, I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I'm not getting in the pool because I don't want to take my shirt off. Because I know, sod it, I'm getting in the pool. Um, I'm going to go and go for a swim in the beach, whatever. Three, three. I'm, um, you know, I'm not going to live forever. Um, and the more I could do now.
great. So Harry's now out. This is ridiculous. Sorry about that. I think we dropped off there. Um, but obviously, the, the main motivating factor is um, I want to meet somebody. And if I feel better in myself and the way I look, it's going to be easier for me to meet the woman of my dreams or whatever. And um, that's the ultimate goal is to find somebody and be happy with them. So if I can, it all starts with me and the best version of myself I put forward, the more attractive, you know, an option I'm going to be to somebody. So, yeah, that's my motivation. Um, Awesome. So, yeah, all in all, I think for me, the biggest thing for this was conversations, getting people yeah. talking. Um, really, really grateful for you for you opening up. Again, similar to the previous uh, episode that I've done of this, I think this is going to be a, a common trend when we seem to put that headline of we're talking about mental health. Uh, everyone seems to be a lot more open, which... I really appreciate. I'm glad that you've uh, felt confident enough to, to talk about it and tell people about it. And it's good to see that you're addressing it and moving forward with things and, and, and trying to do the right thing. I just got sort of a, a question sort of moving forward and something that you might not even thought about yet and it's probably something to yeah. potentially consider. Obviously, that transition from, from Navy life back to uh, Civvy Street and the sort of you've obviously you've obviously got these goals of sort of settling down and moving forward with normality, yeah. shall we say? Um, have you have you what are your what are you going to look to do to not put too much pressure on that? Because when it's when it's the love of your life, I guess you imagine it's you get your meet cue and it's uh, and it's great, but you don't want to put yeah. too much pressure on it and and sort of go into a spiral that way. So. I'm just wondering if that's something you've considered or something I mean, that you Yeah, obviously about. I've thought about that, you know. You don't want to just jump in with both feet with the first person. Um, but I also sort of feel like if you know, you know when you've met that right person. I just haven't met that person. That's the thing. So obviously you keep looking at that. And obviously um, I, need to pre- I need to prepare myself to be in a civic um, so my main, you know, one of my focuses whilst I'm out here is retraining and, uh, and getting education qualified to um, enter the workplace that I want to pursue as a civvy. You know, so for me, I'm going back to school, the Navy and the military in general. They have a fantastic um, scheme, depending on how long you've served. Sorry, but I think it's my Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. my Wi-Fi is being a bit rubbish. Um, so I don't know what's going from that anyway. Well, um, well, we're going to put a lot of pressure on uh, the uh, the software that I'm using. I've got a few clips to edit together, so I apologise for my <laughs> editing skills in advance. And hopefully, we've not missed too much of what um, Harry said. It's it's promised me that the recording quality <laughs> okay. has been better than the live quality. So, uh, fingers crossed, we get we get some we get some good snippets out of it. It's been. It's been good. It's been a pleasure. Um, I want to thank you again, just again, to just opening up and, and having this conversation. And I appreciate where you're coming from and this, the struggles that you've had. And um, I'm glad that you're starting to move forward. And I and I, as I sort of said, and as is the, sort of the theme of this, 
Um, there is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. Mental health is something that is very much a spectrum. And I'm hoping that by speaking to a number of people that we we get a number of solutions and a number of ways that you can you can deal with it. So um, it's great to yeah. see how you've you've tackled it and how you're managing it and how you're moving forward. Um, but yeah, I, it, yeah, I just been, wanted. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate. I'll, uh, um, yeah, you know, you invite me on when you sent the message into the group chat last week. I was absolutely straight away. I was like, yes, I want to talk about it. I want to be a part of this. Um, and I've been looking forward to this conversation, to this this interview uh, since you put the message in there. And I think it's an absolutely fantastic thing that you're doing, Lewis. You know, just setting up this podcasts to cover this topic and address it and promote it and get the awareness out there and I'm a massive supporter of it and I'll do my utmost to um, advertise it to everybody to spread the news so I really appreciate you having the time of inviting me on mate no worries I again appreciate you for coming on and yeah any anyone who who wants to share their story I'm happy to to sit and have a conversation with them. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for your time, Harry, and uh, see you later.